0: This is African News Tonight on The Voice of America. Greetings and welcome to VOA Africa. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Cove, and here's what's coming up.
1: They made them kneel. They had dug a big ditch. They made them put their hands on their heads. Then they killed them in front of everyone, even in front of our children.
0: That was a man who is among witnesses who have been brought in to testify about a massacre in the Burkina Faso village of Mora, allegedly by the military and Russian mercenaries. All this and more coming up on African News Tonight. In our top story of the day, Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch say forces from Ethiopia's Amara region may have committed war crimes in the neighboring Tigray region. In a new report, the rights groups say hundreds of thousands of civilians in western Tigray have been forced from their homes with threats, sexual violence. Denial of aid and unlawful killings. Mohammed Yusuf reports from the UA's African News Center in Nairobi, Kenya.
2: Western Tigray has been a point of contention between the ethnic Amhara and Tigray communities for decades. The Amhara say the region was taken away from them by the Tigray led government, which ruled Ethiopia for nearly 30 years. Hostilities erupted in the area early last year, soon after the start of the war between Ethiopia's federal government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Amnesty International's Horn of Africa researcher Fisaha Tekle says forces from the Amhara region, aided by the government troops, seized control of Western Tigray and began a campaign of ethnic cleansing. The forces controlling the area, Western Tigray zone, have committed abuses that might amount to crimes against humanity and war crimes. During the early phases of the conflict, uh, there was shelling, mass killing, destruction of property during the early days. But after controlling the area, the uh, Amhara administration and the Amhara special force uh, and militia uh, administering the area forcefully
3: displaced the Tigrayan residents.
2: The joint report by Amnesty International on Human Rights Watch titled... We will arrest you from this land, documented how regional forces, militia groups and Ethiopian government forces took part in attacks on and the killing of ethnic Tigrayans. Researchers spoke to 400 people, most of whom were directly affected by the Tigray conflict which began in November 2020. Laticia Beda heads the Horn of Africa operation at Human Rights Watch. She says the abuses have been going on for a long time
4: and abated. This is an area where the Ethiopian government is in control of distributing assistance. And what we found was that Tigrayan communities were being denied what assistance was going in. So this, after weeks of looting of their property, especially in the early phases of the conflict, which is where we really documented the war crimes, including by the federal government forces against the population there, This is weeks and and months of ongoing repression and fear on this population.
2: Bada says the government, regional and international partners need to protect communities living in the region.
4: We also call for all those who are arbitrarily detained in horrific conditions to be released. But obviously Western Tigray is, is, is and will remain, could remain for many months, even years, a contested area. And so what we are calling on is that or as part of any negotiated settlement between warring parties, we see the deployment of an AU-led but international peacekeeping force, which has a very strong protection of civilian mandate.
2: Aid agencies have struggled to gain access to millions in need of humanitarian assistance in the Tigray region due to government and militia restrictions. Two weeks ago, the Ethiopian government and the rebel Tigray People's Liberation Front declared a truce to allow aid to get through. Operations head for the International Committee of the Red Cross, Dominic Stillhart, says his organisation has gained access to the region says more supplies are needed.
5: We have managed over the weekend uh, for the first time in many months to bring a convoy with 200 metric tons of uh, humanitarian assistance by road into uh, Tigray with food, with especially medical uh, supplies but also non-food items and our teams on the ground are currently in the process of distributing these items as quickly as possible to hospitals, to health centres, but also to places of detention uh, where uh, there is a very serious uh, food security situation.
2: Neither the Ethiopian government nor the Amhara region government have responded to the new human rights report. In the past, the Ethiopian government and Amhara regional forces have denied allegations of human rights violations in Tigray and accused the Tigray rebel group of committing abysses. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi.
0: Former Burkina Faso President Ablaiz Gombaore has been convicted in absentia for complicity in the murder of his predecessor, Thomas Sankara, in 1987 and for undermining state security. He was sentenced to life in prison. Pompaoré went on to rule for 27 years before being ousted in another coup in 2014. He reportedly has been living in exile in Ivory Coast since he was toppled from power in 2014. pompaores right-hand man, Gilbert Giendre, and former spy chief Atusma Yacinte Cafando were also given life sentences by the Special Military Tribunal hearing the case. Giendre is already seven a prison sentence for an attempted coup in 2015, and Cafando is at large. Eight other people were found guilty of a range of charges and three were found not guilty. Sankara, a charismatic Marxist leader and former fighter pilot, has had a lasting impact on the country, nationalizing state enterprises, rolling out mass vaccinations against polio, and outlawing female genital mutilation, polygamy and forced marriages. An 83-year-old American nun who has been working in northern Burkina Faso for eight years has been kidnapped by armed men. The DOCs of Gaia said it didn't know who snatched Sulan Tennyson on Monday night or where she was taken. The kidnappers also vandalized rooms and sabotaged the community's vehicle. Militant groups, some with links to Al Qaeda and Islamic State, have taken over large stretches of Burkina Faso and conduct frequent attacks on the army and civilians. Their campaign has claimed some 2,000 lives and displaced some 1.8 million people. While much of the world remains focused on the war in Ukraine, more than one in four people in Africa, some 346 million, are facing a severe food security crisis, with millions of families skipping meals every day. The reason can be partially traced to rising food and fuel costs after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But ICRC spokesperson Karim Mohammed in Nairobi tells VOA's Carol Van Dam, many other factors have contributed to the alarming hunger situation
5: there is the issue of the conflict that is cutting across the continent which uh, displaces people and Causes other contributes to the food security. There's the issue of uh, displacements. There's the issue of climatic shocks like the droughts we have in Somalia, the harsh conditions we have in the Sahel. But now, also, what we are noticing as the ICRC is that there's this uh, hike in fuel and uh, food prices as a result of the conflict. And wheat is particularly important, a big export for Russia and the Ukraine, it comes through Egypt to parts like Ethiopia, and yes, so they'll feel the trouble for that.
3: Are people actually dying from hunger in Africa right now?
5: Actually, this number is not uh, new, and that's why we are trying to draw attention to this issue, because once you're told one in four people, yes, one in four people who face severe food insecurity. Now, what does severe food insecurity mean? It means that these people are likely to run out of food, they're likely to experience hunger, and at the extreme, have gone days without food. So basically their health and their well-being is being compromised.
3: And does the severe food crisis that we're talking about include people who are starving to death?
5: Yes, it does. It does include them and uh, the situation is really bad and you can see like in places like Somalia, there's people have lost their ways to their livelihoods. We're talking animals, farms are empty, so they just go and are displaced close to, they move close to the towns where they can receive humanitarian aid. Right now, as the ICRC, you can see three, almost a, the bulk of our work is life-saving. It means give these people money where their markets or give them food so that they can feed their families.
3: Aside from Somalia, which countries are the hardest hit?
5: Ethiopia is up there. Kenya is also suffering from the drought effects. Burkina Faso has seen an unprecedented rise in displacements in the last couple of months. We have Nigeria, which is also affected. We have Mauritania. So it's from West Africa. That's... The Sahel region we have the central africa and we have the east africa and the horn
3: you mentioned the other factors besides the war in, in ukraine like flooding and drought what are the, some of the other reasons that the severe food crisis is happening now
5: one of the key concern especially for us as the ICC, because we work in places where we see a lot of conflict happen it's access so i'll give you an example like if fighting breaks out you have people who are under different are under areas that are controlled by different um, groups or authorities, and we can't get to them and support them. So they tend to just be displaced and come to town. So this is an, a big issue. On Saturday, we had, uh, we had we received some good news that we were able to take our first uh, aid convoy to Tigray. So we were able to take like a number of trucks there with over 200 tons of food and medical supplies
3: so you've had those access challenges now for over a year in the tigray regions what are some of the other places where they're they're hard to reach people who are the most vulnerable
5: somalia is one of them uh, access is always and always a challenge because there are some areas that are people are just cut off from uh, humanitarian aid at all. And this is not only food, it also touches on health.
3: What needs to happen to scale up the efforts to fight the food crisis?
5: We've seen that the needs are overwhelming. So initially we had we were planning to target like 6.5 million people to address the crisis. So this is food, cash and livelihood support. But now we are adding 2.8 million more people. Now. This is a drop in the ocean. If you look at this, is across the 10 countries. So we need all humanitarian actors. We need the governments. We need the different armed groups. We need the donors. We need everyone to actually focus on this problem. That was Abdi Karim Mohammed, a spokesperson for the ICRC,
0: speaking to my colleague Carol Van Dam from Nairobi, Kenya. Human Rights Watch and Mali's National Commission on Human Rights have called for an independent investigation into an alleged massacre of hundreds of civilians by government troops and suspected Russian mercenaries. After reports surfaced of the killings last month in the central village of Moira, Mali's military government said their forces there had killed 203 terrorists. But witness accounts contradict the official version of those killed and offer some of the clearest evidence that Mali's military is working with Russian mercenaries, despite the military's denial. VOA has this report from the Malian capital.
1: On a rooftop in Bamako Tuesday evening, a group of around 15 men sat together and spoke Fulani in hushed tones. They arrived that afternoon from the village of Mora in central Mali, where reports of killings by the Malian army and Russian mercenaries have been circulating since last week. They say they are here in Bamako to testify for a human rights organization. In the sparsely furnished living room in the house below, one man described how the killings began. He says helicopters arrived on the morning of Sunday, March 27th, and began shooting indiscriminately. He says white soldiers who spoke neither French nor English descended from the helicopters on the edge of town, with a smaller number of Malian army soldiers, and began sorting men into groups. FOR FIVE DAYS, TOWN RESIDENTS AND THOSE WHO WERE VISITING FOR MARKET DAY WERE SEATED ON THE GROUND, UNDER GUARD BY THE MALIAN AND FOREIGN SOLDIERS, WHILE WITNESSES SAY SUMMARY EXECUTIONS WERE CARRIED OUT. MOST RESIDENTS OF MORA AND THE SURROUNDING VILLAGES ARE ETHNIC FULANI, A TRADITIONALLY PASTORALIST ETHNIC GROUP SPREAD ACROSS WEST AFRICA, WHO HAVE LONG ACCUSED THE MALIAN ARMY OF UNFAIRLY TARGETING THEM DURING ANTI-TERRORISM OPERATIONS.
5: It is and Bambara.
1: He says, they told us Wuli in Bambara. Wuli, we know that means get up. They chose another one. Hey, Wuli, get up. They made maybe 12, 15 people stand up. They made them get in a line. They brought them barely 100 meters away. They made them kneel. They had dug a big ditch. They made them put their hands on their heads. Then they killed them in front of everyone, even in front of our children, he says. Many governments have accused Mali's military government of working with mercenaries from the Wagner Group, a private Russian military company with alleged links to the government of Russian President Vladimir Putin. The Malian government denies the accusations, saying it only works with official Russian trainers. Both the Russian embassy in Bamako and President Putin have denied an official Russian military presence in Mali, although Putin said during a recent press conference that Mali has the right to work with private Russian military contractors. Human Rights Watch published a report on the events in Mora on Tuesday, including reports of more than 200 men killed. From Washington, Corin Difka, West African director at the organization, says Human Rights Watch spoke with 19 witnesses who were present in Mora during the five-day operation.
3: If people are killed in this manner, summarily executed, um, be they suspects or civilians, it's against Malian law, international law, and on a practical level, it serves to fill the ranks of of the violent non-state actors.
1: Within Mali, the National Commission on Human Rights, or CNDH, a governmental agency, has also called for an investigation of events in Mora. Agibu Boire, the president of the commission, says it's important that an independent and credible investigation be conducted, as many times probes into state actions take place without results. He says that although the CNDH does not yet have formal proof of a Wagner presence in Mali, they are opposed to such military collaborations.
6: says, régions,
1: we know that these are organizations that do not respect human rights. This is why we really fear interventions by these types of private military enterprises. The Malian army released a statement last week saying it killed 203 terrorists in an air and land operation in Mora. Another statement released Tuesday said the army had been the object of unfounded allegations of abuses against the civilian population. A Malian army spokesman reached by phone declined to comment. Last month, Radio France International and France 24 were taken off the air in Mali after RFI reported on alleged human rights abuses by the army near Diabali, Mali, also against the Fulani population. VOA News, Bamako, Mali.
0: Medical aid group doctors without borders known by its french abbreviation msf has suspended its work in cameroon's troubled southwest region the group is protesting a lack of progress towards the release of four msf staff members arrested three months ago authorities accuse the staffers of cooperating with regional separatists something that msf denies Moki edwin kidzeka reports from Yaoundé. doctors without borders msf
6: says it is suspending its humanitarian activities in Cameroon's troubled southwest region three months after the detention of four of its staff members by the Central African State's military. Jisa Gole is MSF's highest-ranking officer in the region. He says there has yet to be significant progress in MSF efforts ...to have its staff members released. We have been trying to communicate with the government... ...to understand what
2: we have been doing wrong according to them... ...following the statement or the press release by the Ministry of Defence... ...accusing MSF of supporting terrorists. We were looking for conversation... With the government authorities to understand what they think we have been doing not correctly and to solve the issue
6: trying to get our people as fast as possible out of prison callers speaking to voa by a messaging app said msf has been giving psychological and financial support to the worried families of the arrested workers on december 27 2021 msf ...reported that two of its workers were arrested by Cameroon government troops. MSF said the military stopped an ambulance... ...in which its workers were transporting a patient with gunshot wounds... ...in the southwest region town of Ngute. On January 2, two other MSF staff members were arrested... ...in an undisclosed southwestern town... The military accused the workers of complicity with separatists who are fighting to carve out an independent English-speaking state from French-speaking Majority Cameroon. The military said the staffers aided and transported separatist fighters in the medical aid group's ambulances. MSF denies the accusation and says its only goal is to save lives Irrespective of whose life it is, the four MSF workers remain in pre trial detention. Fabrice Lena is Cameroon coordinator for the international rights group Prison Watch. Lena says Cameroon is making it very difficult for MSF to save lives of people who cannot afford medical care in the Central African states.
0: Doctors without borders have every right at this point with the degree of pressure repression on them to suspend its activities in cameroon after following due procedure of humanitarian assistance to someone that have a bullet wound its staff are arrested locked up what do you expect them to do the state is not functioning with respect to the laws it has rectified and at this point it is a call for concern
6: Last June, Cameroon's government banned MSF from operating in the northwest region, where it also accused the group of being too close to anglophone separatists. The group denies the allegation. Doctors Without Borders says over 1.4 million people in Cameroon's restive western regions need humanitarian support. The aid charity says it will continue Its activities in other regions, including Cameroon's northern border area with Nigeria, where Boko Haram militants are active. MSF says that in 2020, it treated more than 1 million patients in Cameroon. Moki, Edwin Kinzaka. For
0: VOA News, Yaoundé, Cameroon. Tunisia's foreign minister said on Wednesday it has summoned Turkey's ambassador in protest against interference in the country. The announcement came after President Recep Tayyip Erdogan on Monday criticized his counterpart in Tunis for dissolving the country's parliament. President Kais Saied dissolved the assembly last week, eight months after suspending it and seizing wide-ranging powers. The U.S. State Department has also expressed concerns about Saeed's move to dissolve parliament, and the opposition called for a protest next Sunday in Tunis. Tunisia's fragmented parliament has long been dominated by Ananda, an Islamist-inspired party close to Erdogan's ruling AKP, and a bitter foe of Saeed. South Africa's President Siro Ramaphosa has described the anti foreign Organization known as Operation Dudula as a vigilante group and says the government and the ruling ANC do not support it. Dudula has been going on around the country demanding that illegal foreign nationals leave and that all companies employ only South Africans. The ANC came under heavy criticism last week after its national spokesperson implied that the party embraced the group. Tuso Kumalo reports from Johannesburg.
7: Responding to media questions after addressing his party conference in Pumalanga province over the weekend, President Ramaphosa said the activities of the Operation Tudula or Chase Out group cannot be condoned. Since the beginning of the year, the group has intensified its activities across the country, visiting companies and street vendors asking foreign nationals to leave. It accuses immigrants of stealing jobs meant for South Africans. While Ramaphosa agreed that illegal immigration should not be allowed, he said it is not the work of vigilante groups to stop that.
6: And we've always said let's act within the parameters of the law. Let us act within the framework of the law. And if we are unhappy about anything that is not being done at state level, let us have it addressed. So we cannot support a vigilante type of uh, move against a group of people and particularly targeting them as foreign nationals
7: although Ramaphosa has previously denounced the group this was the first time he has used the term vigilante meaning an unofficial group using illegal means to curb crime chairman of the Zimbabwe community in South Africa says Ramaphosa's remarks have left members with more questions than answers after ANC spokesperson Bule Mabe said the party supports the group.
6: We are not very sure where the African National Congress stands in respect to Operation Tutul, and we need them to clarify this.
7: But other foreign nationals have welcomed Ramaphosa's comments, saying the police now should move in to stop the group's activities. Last week, some foreign nationals had to seek refuge at police stations after locals threatened to harm them if they didn't leave. Immigration, both legal and illegal, is a divisive subject in South Africa where the unemployment rate tops 35%. Many South Africans accuse foreigners of taking jobs and since 2008, there have been periodic surges in anti-foreigner violence. Smaller political parties, such as the Patriotic Alliance, have come out in support of the group. However, the Economic Freedom Fighters Party dismissed the group as thugs. The Operation Tutula's leader, Nsanshalamini, is now on bail after he was arrested following a forcible entry into a house the group had claimed was a drug den. Operation Tutula leaders say they've started a move to chase out foreigners because the government has failed to secure the borders. Tuso Kumalo for VOA News, Johannesburg.
0: And that wraps up this edition of African News Tonight. I'm Mike Wabe in Washington, D.C. For the latest developments on the continent 24-7, visit our website at voanews.com. And thank you again for tuning in